Hi, everybody. Welcome to Not the Only Kids in the Hall podcast with me, Nick, and of course, my co-host, Jared and May. Jared and May, how are you guys doing? Yeah, good, good. Splendid, Nick. Just splendid. How are you? I'm okay, but the more important question is, how's our guest doing? She's a writer. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, okay. Why is that fine. a more important well, that's, question? That's fine, I guess. <laughs> Fuck us. Whatever. I mean, we're all here. We're all, you know, all trying to have a good time. I don't get it, but fine. You're right. Fuck it. You're right. The more important question is, go ahead. A writer and comedian from New York City, Jonna Scrabus. Jonna, thank you for joining us. Woo! Wow. Thanks for having me and for putting, you know, an appropriate value on how I'm feeling. <laughs> but how are you dressed running so late for this? So rude. Oh, no, 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 please. How are you? Uh, great. Yeah. It's summer. Great. I'm a summer gal. It can never be too hot for me. Wow, that is a bold really? statement. I could not feel more differently. <laughs> I I need to be freezing, otherwise I I sweat and get red and I'm sad. <laughs> um, Are you, you should go to Ireland sometime. That's what I should. My husband it's went part to of... Ireland and he was like, "Oh my goodness, I feel so normal here." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I am half Irish, quarter Irish. I'm part Irish, so I should probably embrace that and check it out. And it's it's cold, and there's, um, I guess, potatoes and Guinness and everything you would assume. Or is there well, is there a big attraction there that I'm missing? Well, the weather would be good for you. Um, and I think if sure. you're part Irish, that would help. You know, it's maybe your body needs to go back to the homeland in some ways. That was such a dispensive description of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> There's some big attraction. Um, only some of the greatest natural beauty of the UK. right. Do they have like a? Di- so like that's a, what I was asking for. Is there like a Disney Island or something? Yeah, it's like uh, how many roller coasters are there? Because I want to make sure I still <laughs> hit every go. Irish roller coaster. Totally <laughs> you. Anyway, uh, we have our guest here. I'm moving it along. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. Talk to about kids in the hall. Jonathan, can you share with us? Your feelings about kids in the hall, like your memories of them, if you have any, uh, anything else you want to share about your relationship to the show or the, the people in it? Yes. Um, so, I mean, I'm enough of a comedy nerd that I have a, at least a little bit of a relationship with kids in the hall growing up. But I will say I do not have the relationship that most people, I think, our age, especially most people our age in comedy have, um, which is that relationship of like, oh, such a fond memory. And, you know, like so many classic sketches that you saw at the right time in your life um, Mm. that you could truly, you know, appreciate them. So I would say my relationship to when the new series, uh, the reboot came out, I haven't been as in love with some of the sketches as some of my friends who had a stronger relationship. Oh, wow. So have you watched the original series? Had you already watched this episode? Have you watched any of the, the we're going to be talking about episode four of season six of the new season of the Amazon show. Is it, had you watched any of these before? Yes, I had. I had seen this and I, I rewatched it uh, within the last couple of days. So I'm, wow. it's very fresh for me. Okay. Um, and I also made Fantastic. a terrible mistake uh, in watching the new season, which was I tried to watch a few sketches independently like a couple favorites that people were passing uh, around. That's not the way to watch this show, in my opinion. Really? Why? Which Why do you think that? Um, I, I, I think just because 
it really works better as an episode. Like it, this is like a enjoy the album. We've, we've curated this, we've pieced it together for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and watching them without the context and without the lead up and having it hit you cold, not at the right time. I feel like it's, it's just meant to be enjoyed as a piece. Personally. So were you like watching these sketches that everyone was like, this is the best sketch of the season and just being like, what the fuck yes. what is this? I hate you <laughs> to that person. Yeah. What what were you that hearing that about? My... Which what what which ones were recommended to you ahead of time? The pie uh sketch is the one that stands out to me. That's the one that everyone was like, you it's it's an all time. This one's so fun. That's where they're in the kitchen for most of it, right? Or and they're talking about it, or no? No, it's the, am I mistaken? They're that at the restaurant, one? and he orders a pie. Oh, oh yeah. And they say it's. I think it's the same, right? And they say it's not actually a pie; it's a something or something. It's like, a tart, yes, or something. Tart. Yeah. Yes, yes, pie versus a tart. Everyone something. was like, "This one is just an all time. It's a classic Kids of the Hall." And I, I watched it cold. I think that was the first thing I saw of the new season. Actually, <laughs> I was like. That's a no from me. <laughs> I remember the one joke in that sketch I really liked is where McDonald or whatever gives his phone over to whoever's playing the waiter. And then they sort of like just back out of the room with the phone and then into the kitchen and they take his phone. Yes. And that really made me laugh. But you're right. It was sort of odd but and not that funny. I don't think I gave it its due is my problem. Like, I really feel like within the episode, which I later watched it and I was like, okay, there's something about the way that they sit things together that it leads you to the moments, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was just well, this reading episode. A, I, I was just reading a review, uh, an interview with Dave Foley where he's talking about how they spent so much time sequencing the sketches and, uh, and he kind of, he compared it to, hold on, I'm looking up the quote here, compared to Sergeant Pepper. But I wasn't. Let me. Okay. So he said, "My analogy with the Sergeant Pepper is a great album just because it's full of great songs. It's a great album because it had great songs in the right order. Like if you started with the album with Lovely Rita and did with Within You Without You and put it in like the middle of a side one, it would not have been a great album. So that's kind of cool. Here's how we're like Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you know that all-time classic album. Allow me to compare the art that I've created to it. In a way, because no, the whole. Kids in the Hall is the sketch group most likely to compare themselves to the Beatles. <laughs> most likely. To. <laughs> <laughs> they also, they brought up something in one of these, because I was reading a bunch of interviews today. One of the things he brought up was the way that a lot, I feel like a lot of these sketches, especially in the new season, are really just like two sketches kind of jammed into, jammed together. Like uh, the one he mentioned was the, the cops scene where they're like, uh, they're Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley are two uh robbers trying to get away so they take off all their clothes and then after that there's a scene with the two cops mark and bruce and the, yeah it, it is kind of like uh the abbey or like a two the way the beatles would just jam two different <laughs> songs together that have nothing to do with one another anyway wow another beatles well, comparison that's pretty cool yeah. he did and this he did <laughs> that is that, really cool he did none of us are like himself. the beatles so <laughs> how dare we um, I feel in this group, I'm sort of like the Paul in a way, like the cute one. Or is that is that too? You no? think you're like Paul McCartney? Is that what you just said? Well, yeah. I mean, I think Nick's sort of. I don't know. What, what would you guys say you are? I don't want. I don't want to offend anybody. Well, I think you're the John, Jared. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't because know. of my glasses. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but you strike me as a John type. Mm. Maybe a no. I think you're a John. I don't know which I am. Uh, Jana, who do you want to be? 
<laughs> John, it could be John. I think that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, per- yeah. I think you for drop so one many letter. reasons, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> John, are you still working at Impractical Jokers? I am. Uh huh. I've been seeing you pop up in episodes when I watch. I don't. I it's the kind of show where I just watch it when when I see it on TV. I'm not sure exactly when it comes on, but it's always a thrill when I see you pop up. Uh, Another Fab Four. Another yes, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a show that a lot of people find themselves watching, uh, and I'm not <laughs> saying that's to disparage the show. It's just like on, uh, like in a ton it's of on places. All the time, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I do love it. My sister and there are like super fans, right? Or is that is that your sister Nick? Is she a super fan? My sister is a super fan. I'm kind of a super fan. I it, whenever I'm with my sister, we watch it. She pretty much has it on TV the whole time I'm over, and it's just on, and we. Sometimes it's one we've already seen, but we still watch it again. He but sounds yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> there and there are super fans, right? They had a cruise. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they've done a couple cruises and they do tours. Yeah, they have a really loyal group of viewers for sure. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's great. Do you know Carson Smith? Yes. She works on the yes, show, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, she works with James, um, and I believe they co-wrote a book together recently. Really? Oh, yeah. What? About just how to how to make practical jokes, or how to how to really <laughs> prank people hard, or I believe instruction manual. It was a children's book. Oh, I bought my sister um, one of Murray's books for Christmas. He's written a bunch of books, apparently. Yeah, he has written a ton of books. Um, and he and Carson wrote one, Area 51. Oh. Um, Area 51 interns. If anybody wants to check it out. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of checking it out, let's and check out the episode. But first, we have to go back in time to May 14th, 2022, when this episode was released. No, March 14th, 2022. Number one of the charts in America was, of course. We're, mo- we're moving right along, but we, we can't skip this essential segment. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Much like the we're... Beatles, number one on the charts, or no, they were not? Uh, not The Beatles? I'm pretty sure they were for a while. Yeah, it's at a certain point, I'm sure they were. But These not... guys? Which guys? But Kids in the Hall, nay. Oh, I've, on what, ch- I mean, I'm sure there's some chart where they're number one, maybe like some kind of Canadian <laughs> chart. But number one on the Canadian sketch comedy charts, probably. Yeah. Number one on the American music charts was. We want to say goodnight to you. There we go. As it was by Harry Styles. Um, And then, of course, number one on that other chart, that uh, Canadian Canadian chart. Spotify has been very unresponsive. (laughs) um it was a drake song we don't need to hear it again we've heard it see john the thing the thing about these songs is that because the new kids in the hall series was released all on the same day in a bingeable fashion um all of these songs for all of these episodes will be identical we normally like to have fun with oh when this episode aired this song was number one but the amazon series really kind of ruined this bit but we're committed, you know what I mean? So we got to do it all the time. Um, those two songs, any strong opinions on them? Um, either the Harry Styles one or just Drake in general as an artist. Made me feel good. Made me feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. Made me Which feel one? happy. The Harry Styles um, song? Uh, <laughs> I 
don't want to reveal how, how little I know about music. <laughs> the one that was really boppity. No. Yeah, that was Harry Styles song. This is the Drake song. Oh. All right. Wait for you. This is Drake. Uh, by Future featuring Drake and Thames. Uh, and real quick, John, any thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was number one in the box office the weekend? <laughs> This is our new segment. We're testing it out. So last week I was just saying, I feel like Dr. Strange doesn't go through enough character development to justify the idea of him being a superhero. He starts arrogant and he ends arrogant. God, I completely agree with the May. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> you were going to say that? Thank you. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Word for word? Word for word. All right. Weird. Well, I have another subject to introduce on Dr. Strange, which we can put a pin in for next week, which is at the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, he has an eye in his forehead. Do you yes. think he's evil? Evil because he has an about. eye? He got the eye because he used the evil magic book. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, maybe. Right, right, the evil magic book. Um, yeah, I mean that'll do that'll that'll do it, right? Using that evil magic book and make you evil, I guess. Well, it made I I don't know, you know, I I saw the movie, but I just don't, I feel like I, I'm I'm just I'm not uh, as well versed in the comics enough. But I guess that this all happened within the movie. Hey, right? well, speaking yeah. of just, comics, I mean, this is kind of a huh? comic this book is a movie perfect parody. Segue. Yeah, this is <laughs> all right. End of segment. <laughs> Let's watch a, a little bit from Super Drunk. Dad, I have a question. Shoot. Have you ever been drunk? Not that I can remember. That's good. What could I say? Of course I've been drunk. In fact, I'm almost always drunk. My daughter can never know my true identity. I'm super drunk. So I thought this was classic Kids in the Hall talking about fathers getting drunk. That seems to be a very common theme. <laughs> Uh, yeah. good production I believe, value. Yeah. I liked I liked the uh the his like his his lair and I liked uh mm -hmm. all the comic book transitions and stuff like that they couldn't have done back in the 90s, I'm sure, because they didn't have the budget and because this kind of stuff was way more expensive to do. The sets, the comic book stuff, and that little tilt that they did a few times on the camera I thought was really fun and really interesting. And uh yeah, I really liked the look of it. I don't know about the sketch itself. I mean, I guess the game is alcoholic superhero, and they just do a lot of basic superhero stuff. I mean, I don't know. I I, I really my my favorite beat was when he goes into like say like I love you, man. I love you. Bring it in and give him a hug, and then fakes him out, and then hits him and mm -hmm. says, "Ah, I fell for it" or whatever. That that was the funnest kind of move to me. But otherwise, I don't know. Felt a little one note, maybe. What do you guys think? Well, what do you I think, Jonah? We came back to the, oh, okay, yeah, Jonah. Yeah, a make it, make it talk to. <laughs> um, I loved the character of the bartender. I thought that was a fun like, and he couldn't do it without his trusty sidekick, the bartender. Um, mm -hmm. I agree that the sketch was pretty one note. I I almost feel like I wish they hadn't gone for alcoholism and they had gone more for like the night dad gets super drunk. There's something about it that feels almost like more playful or like less sad than like he's an alcoholic and he's always drunk, even though he's caring for this eight year old. 
Maybe I thought too much into it. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think that is what they're going to the for. wife. I feel like they often like will well, then show the long suffering wife like played by Scott Thompson. He did say <laughs> he was a twice twice divorced mattress salesman. So That's I don't think the, right. the mom is in the picture. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they were going for sad. I, they they a lot of their sketches uh, are about sad, drunk parents and how their parents were sad, drunk people. So yeah. I also did like that Scott Thompson part at the end where he was like, thanks for saving my life, super drunk, even though I kind of got a little sad because of it or whatever. Like it made me a little sad that you <laughs> rescued yeah. me this way. And I, th- I did think like there would be more, uh, I don't know, like his daughter. It's, I thought it was fun to, I guess, bookend it with his daughter. But maybe if his daughter was showing up a little bit more or there was like more Thompson, like more family members and people in his life reacting to his drunkenness instead of him just like using his alcohol powers, I thought could have been fun. Well, yeah, instead we yeah, like, where is it, she at night? You know, it's like yeah. who's taking care of her while he's at the bartender's place. I assume there was a mom. I liked the, some of the props. I thought the egg phone was very funny. And they oh, yeah. did like a yeah, lot of fun. like fun one-liners. Um, the the like criminal, I was like, this is making me uncomfortable how this man is <laughs> being portrayed as the like mugger. Uh, it was like a weird stereotype. But then I was like, maybe they're commenting on how that comes up in, in superhero movies so much where it's like basically the vigilante is just like attacking people doing petty crimes <laughs> yeah. are, like, yeah, you know. that's cause <laughs> like, it was a guy like know. taking a bike right he was like trying to like crack the no but then there's the guy who was like mugging scott thompson <laughs> right like, what? um uh, and also and they came the- back to the runner i don't know if i said that already but they just came back to it really fast which is also part of yeah like weird. after a sketch right yeah. yeah yeah and it was very like uh that one was very short and then we got the very long third beat with the head crusher the only appearance yeah. of the head crusher in this new season i thought that was a great uh tie together in the episode of him coming back to try to defeat head crusher from crushing yeah. the only canadian the only toronto this, landmark this whole <laughs> this whole sketch was like very reference heavy right like i feel it wasn't wasn't there one where he he starts singing these uh, are the days that i know that he these are the Daves I know. Yeah, just like very sort of offhandedly, I guess, because he's just to show that he's drunk. He starts singing that, and um, yeah, lots of. I mean, there's. Oh, the and whole he said he did see. Season he I said, know uh, is heavy on references, but we're gonna need an ambulance to a callback yeah. to just Ambiblance. a sketch. That's right, Amay. Oh, I, I thought of you. That. Your favorite sketch, Ambiblance. Horrible, the worst sketch of all time. Amay <laughs> hates that sketch. I wrote down some lines I liked when they when he get says you have to drink Jaeger. He goes, "Oh no, that should be nasty." And then the bartender says, you know what, motherfucker? I don't know. I, uh-huh. I, I like it, even though it's just old men saying <laughs> dumb stuff. I thought it was funny. Uh, and then, uh, oh, yeah, he, t- he hits a pole and he goes, what are you, my fucking dad? You're a fucking pole. And then he turns around and says, I pissed your pole. That was, I thought that was funny. Anyway, that's all I have for the, these super drunk sketches. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? Mm-hmm. I think it just could have uh, built out more like take us. It could have gotten to the next level at some point. Yeah, I think a fun, fun setup, but it never kind of got to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wanted like a comparison between uh, like this dad, the super drunk and like other dads that get drunk, like just to ground it, just to have a sense. I know I keep saying like have something to compare it to, but like, yeah, I don't know if there were other 
because the bartender was fun. I just want more universe, like a lead villain, maybe. Like who is who is uh, super drunk's biggest villain, other than right, like your yeah. random henchman who's mm-hmm. mugging somebody? Maybe is it like I don't know something enemy. that gets you so coffee, coffee man, or something? I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Coffee. <laughs> Time. That's right, well. Let's watch a little bit from. Yeah, time. Yeah, that's funny. Let's watch a little bit from Hotel Lorette, the another sequel sketch. Oh, I am so scared. I'm scared for him. Silly women, we have been visited by irony. Look, I cannot reach the iPad. Oh no! no! I will need a boost. Yeah, but who do you want to come? I am indifferent. No, no, Michel, Jean-Pierre. <laughs> no, it should be Sylvie. This is I repeat, I do not care. Decide. Michel should go. I will die. I refuse. Decide. De- um, do you guys remember? I mean, John, I'm assuming you don't remember the Hotel Lorette sketch from season one of Kids in the Hall. <laughs> That's a no. That's a no from old J-Bone. <laughs> do you guys remember? I- of course, I yes. do. I mean, because of this podcast, sure, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's one of my favorite early sketches of theirs. Actually, I was glad to see the gals back, though. They certainly don't have the verb of the earlier sketch. So this is the one where he's like, "I'm thinking about Tony," right? Yes, yes, yes. Because I just think that was such a funny idea. This is more like we're all just so lazy, but it's still enjoyable to watch them embody these characters because they play them really well and the French is funny and the vibe of Hotel La Rut is funny, but it's like a different kind of rut. than the one. I was going to say, speaking sketch. of the vibe and the kind of rut, like, don't you think that that was the one big disconnect for me, that the production values were radically different? The other one was like an old noir movie and like kind of a classic thing. And there's more kind of I feel like you can see and feel them smoking cigarettes more. This just felt like they were in some sort of like Baroque fancy Rothful. place or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of, I had, it took me a beat before I realized these people were who they were. And then Foley's character looks very different. I mean, I know they're all older, but I had to, again, take a beat to be like, oh, right. He's the guy from that sketch. Cause he struck me as such like a romantic kind of like arty, like, uh, you know, I don't know, like sexy guy that they were both after in the other sketch. Right. In, in, in the, in the previous version of this. Uh, kind of. I mean, he's definitely like an art, like a painter. He, he's still a painter here. You can see the paint on his. Uh... Right. Sure. Of but, course. Yeah. But if they were going for kind of like debonair, attractive uh, silver fox, I think then the. Um, That's what I'm saying. Costuming and makeup department made some strange choices. <laughs> like, he's like a weird you, painter. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think you can make this man look a little bit more Clooney-esque than the choices that were made here. Yes. Sure, sure. And what was exactly the leg shrinking? That wh- Well, I think wh- his, his, legs had his, atrophy- leg his legs had atrophied because he'd been uh, uh, under, he'd ah, been, they've atrophied. he hadn't moved for a, a year or something. I don't remember what he said. That's what I assumed. <laughs> I could be wrong. He did say shrink, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I was confused by that. I mean, I'm all for mm. trunken legs. Very funny imagery. Um, and then when he hops down, I mean, you can't get enough. But I just didn't really quite understand that part of it. Um, but, you know, it was fun. Um, 
the ladies kind of wanting to have the other one get up is is fun. It kind of rem- gave me a little bit of a Willy Wonka vibe, you know, when they're all in the bed. Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought that too, actually. I was going to say it just felt very relatable. I mean, I, I've been in that situation many times, like somebody else get up and change the channel kind of a situation because I, I don't right. want to move. Yeah. Why does it become so hard? We <laughs> go through a whole day of doing things and then it's like, oh my God, I'll just keep watching this because the alternative <laughs> is to move <laughs> five feet. <laughs> I also that, thought that yeah, that's true. The iPad made me laugh for some reason. I think it's seeing these characters with technology because it was, you know, the other one was filmed in like the late '80s, so the technology is so different. So <laughs> the idea of them like relying on an iPad for stuff is <laughs> very old person specific. Yeah. It's funny. And even just like you don't picture these those characters. They're like European, worldly people. It doesn't seem like they'd have an iPad. I don't know. Yeah. Good. Silly women, we have been visited by irony. <laughs> that was my favorite line from it. Uh, anybody else thoughts, or should we move on to Friends of Kids in the Hall? Super drama. Super drama. Super drama. Friends of Kids in the Hall, number 105, <coughs> Aaron. Uh, I'm a writer. Uh, so far, I've written 56 poems about my mother's death. She's still alive, so she's not the biggest fan. My wife loves him, though. So, John, have you? Do you remember? You've said you've seen some of these episodes. You've you've seen these friends of the kids in the hall bits. What do you think of the idea in general of of them putting famous people on to do these dumb jokes? Well, if it's going to be Will Forte, I'm all for it. Uh, like, yes, he can he can appear in anything. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty fun runner. Um, I liked the setup of this joke more than the punchline. Like, I think <laughs> describing yourself as a writer who's written 56 poems about your mother's death is perfect. That's all I wanted. Just like <laughs> that cut out. <laughs> right. And that's just a slow fade. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I, think I love you, mom. Could, yeah. Could be a little weirder, but I, 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 I think they're fun. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we a little bit of a, a sort of a friend, a famous friend grab. Is that how you guys think of them? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> especially with Lauren Michaels' involvement, they all feel very just like here's a call or an email from Lauren. You know, please read this as a self tape, and we'll put it in a TV show. And I, I mean, but I agree with you, Jonna, that this one. Um, does stand out for me out of the four we've seen Catherine O'Hara a little bit. And then there was Keenan and Pete Davidson that felt very sort of phoned in, but I don't know if it's just commitment or if Forte always commits to everything this way, but I, I just was taken by his read of this. I just thought it was very, very funny. You know what would make it better for me if they said how much they paid him um, after, <laughs> after each one of these, if they, if they just, said how much or put it, it down, like at the bottom, yeah. like at a, like a ticker. Like, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Right. This right. was also. I, this, I agree with Jonna that this one kind of lost me. Like I, when it opened and he said that line about the poems, I laughed really hard. And then when he said that his mother like didn't like him because she was still alive, I laughed a little bit. And then when he said, "But my wife loves him," I was like, uh-uh. "Like it's just such a like sad little wife's a bitch who hates the mother-in-law." And yeah. to the joke at first was just kind of weird and kooky. <laughs> 
but it was like one of the first ones of these we've seen where there's like an actual real joke to it like not just yeah, absolutely what do we think where he is is this his kitchen or something what what like what where is this it looks like a fake it's, it's zoom kind of an odd looking set doesn't it yeah <laughs> and there's like very like specific uh sort of well there are, all over there the are wine glasses behind him which makes me think it could be a dining room i guess I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right that it's a fake Zoom background. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm not going to reveal anything about my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should for this. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. This next one is called Antique. Now this here, I got in the 90s, but I think it's probably reaching a real sweet value about now. This here, sir, is an authentic vintage Kevin McDonald skit. Jeff Scott Thompson, when his sketches were banned, uh, the price went through the roof. I'm, I'm not a rich man, sir. I, all I got is this Kevin McDonald skit, but it's a real good one. It's got all the earmarks of a classic Kevin McDonald sketch. It's got that uh, the crazy high voice, oh, the high voice. and uh, the, the, the finger wagging for no apparent reason. Oh, and he plays himself in it, too, sir. Yeah, he did that a lot. Yeah, he did that a whole lot. Okay. Um, yeah, This. so this is a... A very meta sketch, which they love to do. Uh, to me, it felt like uh, you know they took twenty five years off, and it makes sense to reference their old material. Um, I, I I really like this one. What did you guys think of it? Let's start with Jonna. Yeah, Jonna. My goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was extremely meta, and it's hard to do meta right sometimes but i think this is an example of a time when it worked um i love the turn where they realize that they are in a kevin mcdonald sketch that's fun um i i think i wanted more kind of chaos at the end of being trapped in this uh scene this never ending um yeah. but i think this pays a, a lot of fan service to people who know the show yeah, yeah yeah even that gorilla suit that that is in this they show the tape that it's also a vhs tape that that dave holy is carrying here and they show the sketch in the tape and it has kevin mcdonald in a gorilla suit which is i'm, I'm sure it's a reference to we, a sketch we saw recently where kevin mcdonald's wearing a gorilla suit do you guys remember that like, I was oh, thinking of the time where vaguely. he walked in and he was a gorilla and they and like scared some people and then he was like, "Hi, I'm Kevin yes, McDonald." Yes. Yeah. And then yes, right. he like that's gives right. a lecture about how the gorillas are disappearing. Um, this sketch was really well produced and like kind of fun to watch at first, but it just like got less and less fun for me that he was doing that and trapping him inside. Though some of the improv lines were funny, uh, but the line that actually made me laugh the most when they were like. This saxophone belonged to Miles Davis, but then he threw it uh, at <laughs> yeah. a roadie and said, "I play the fucking trumpet." <laughs> Just like that. That yeah, that really was good. funny, but it has nothing to do with the sketch itself. Uh, I think also Dave Foley, even though the accent's not good, he's like playing the guy trying to sell stuff. I thought he was really good. Seems sad. I thought he was really. Yeah. I thought it was really well acted. Yeah, which we don't I think about that. Foley that much. I don't anyway. McDonald, not a good actor at all obviously like <laughs> i mean he's funny obviously but... <laughs> i think that uh i agree with the may and that the first half uh was a lot of fun 
I really like the specific call outs that we just watched of, you know, the high voice because we've talked we've talked about that, you know, the high voice, the finger wagging, how insane McDonald is. And mm-hmm. so I love those specific calls. I love the cut to the gorilla sketch and having, I think, at the end him go like, oh, I'll say and like wave his finger <laughs> and do the exact thing they just made fun of him for. I thought it was very funny. But yeah, second half sort of disappointed me, like to sort of just break the fourth wall and just like completely break down anything we just set up with like, wait, you're me and I'm you and we're this. And it's just like, yeah, I, I know it's Dave Foley and like <laughs> Kevin McDonald. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of when sketch groups are like, it's me, the real person. And then you just sort of like, I don't it, I guess unless there's like a real reason for it, it feels a little lazy to me, but I, I love this opening and I love having the tape of the sketch and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I looked, I found some backstory on this one. Apparently they shot, they shot it in in two hours. They only had two hours to shoot this sketch because, uh, another sketch ran long. That's all the backstory I have. (laughs) What a fun (laughs) fact. Well, I have this whole long quote, but I'm not going to read it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That does feel right. It does. I I mean, be like, no way they didn't spend 15 hours. (laughs) (laughs) But how did Foley put that beard on? But yeah, I mean, we, we've all shot sketches before that we wrote and two hours. It does seem like a very quick turnaround for even like, the it does but i mean they have the whole crew it's yeah, not like it's me and true. you in two hours yeah yeah i mean they also don't move almost at all it's <laughs> yeah. a classic transaction <laughs> scene effectively yeah I mean, they're like... both standing on either side of a counter that is the extent yes. of <laughs> that's totally true all right well, well hey we only have one more sketch uh, this one's called wow. the Patrol. We really blew through these. Okay. We zoomed through, yeah. just like we said we would. <laughs> hey, 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 now, well, now. This your distress beacon? Probably. Are you on patrol? Yeah. Something's just not right in the neighborhood. I felt it too. Yeah, and then it turned out to be a perfectly good television set. Well, you never see a dog on a leash anymore. No. No, I saw this dog once, and he was in a car. Uh, this one is another one about old people, but it's I feel like it's more... Uh, about feel, old people. The, the, I feel like the message to it was was more... Like, maybe there was more of a message to it. Like, I don't know. They do a lot of sketches about old people in this season, and some of them seem to be like... We agree that the old people are right about uh, about how everything is wrong. But uh, things suck today. But this one, it seemed to me like they were kind of trying to say uh, it's okay that things are changing and stop thinking something's wrong. I, I don't know. Calling it a sketch about old people, I think, does an injustice to what I think was the best sketch of this whole episode. <laughs> the best sketch of the episode, really. Well, let's wow. save it, Jonna. Please go, Jonna. Go. Let's hear it. But please don't say best sketch of the episode just yet, because we do have a segment we're going to do later called Sketch of the Up. So no spoilers. Yep, we'll yep, bleep yep. that. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I may or may not have liked this one. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get to the weeds, but yeah, I, I think it was a very funny conceptually that two people are out on night patrol and they encounter each other. And then they, by encountering each other, they realize like, man, must be something going on. Like if you're out here 
<laughs> good thing I was out here. We were really following our instincts. And that's kind of the premise of the sketch is, is a bunch of people convincing themselves that something is wrong because someone else is paranoid. <laughs> I guess that's the premise. But to me, that that was like the last 30 seconds of the sketch. The rest of it was like this long like buildup of this like kind of vigilante movie parody, right? Well, that's what sort of sets it up, right? It's like the TV whole like it's just like him kind of wandering around it's like unsettles him things don't seem quite right the the woman his wife is talking about putting down a cat and he's like you shouldn't she doesn't want to put down a cat he's like you should put it down it's 16 years old i I don't know maybe maybe i uh just had some weird feelings while i was watching or something that, that influenced the way I, I mean no I mean I, I agree that it's weird I mean I I uh what was the end was that a reference to something or what what were the woman's like singing like the the, the bottle gets kicked at to to her feet and then she starts this long not long but that like a little song to end it what is that am I I, I would I miss something with that or I didn't get it I didn't get do? it but I, I, it must have been something I, I reference I missed I'm sorry John what were you saying yeah, I might need to rewatch it. Let me see if My I can. Confidence find it in the sketches rapidly deflated. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. Hmm. Patrolling patrollers, go forth, you safe keepers. Um, so I guess I, when I saw it, I thought maybe it was like kind of like a James Bond theme kind of thing. Right. Just like make it epic, even though it's not sort of thing. Like that's the joke. Yeah. John is nodding her head. I think she agrees. The, okay. uh, the best way to communicate in this medium. <laughs> um, yeah. It just felt like a, it's the final um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Proof that they're correct you know right 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 yep follow Mm. our instincts the world is against us people are bad and we need to make sure that you know nothing changes and no bad people are afoot yeah 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 they seem like the kind of characters like if there was like a big rainstorm or something they'd be like (laughs) standing by the front door just like nerve you know checking on things just making sure that you know everything's going to be okay or something like exactly it does sort of have like basic dad energy of just like i don't like the look of blank yeah they'd be the Um, kind of guys that are like a big truck's coming down the street we better make sure it doesn't get stuck when it makes the turn and they'd like be out in force (laughs) i also almost feel like it's not as positive as that though their energy it's more like uh i don't trust the these people that moved in next door they uh they seem different from me like that kind of thing (laughs) seems really negative (laughs) uh but that's definitely part of it but i thought um, it was it does seem like we're doing a lot of inferring of (laughs) what these people are doing and what this is supposed to mean it it definitely wasn't it definitely was an odd like a oddly constructed sketch i think we're supposed to infer some kind of meaning from it right what else no sure but i mean well but 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 all i meant is that it's like sort of leaving the four of us like what 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 is it can we figure out what this means which is not always a good sign i mean yeah, we're supposed to infer, but uh, 
I don't know. It was fun to put it last, I guess, and kind of have this like it, it. It felt like a good sketch, you know. Going back to our discussion of they, how much weight they give to what order these sketches are in, and all that, and mm-hmm. what callbacks they're making. I thought it was fun to have sort of like a separate feeling piece to end it. Like it almost felt like it's little sort of mini short film when compared to the others. It did not feel like a sketch. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like. No, I, it was fun. I, it did. And I had, there were moments that I found interesting, but I'm not like, is this a sketch I'm watching? It didn't well, feel I think, like that, I think that's maybe true. Maybe I'm just being too anal about the definition. I think that's true <laughs> of a lot of their stuff. It's more like short films and sketches, I guess. And I, I but I mean, I, I and I, and I want to say, John, John, I, I like this one too. It's just to me, I, I thought it was a, as like a, a, a thing about. <laughs> it's too late for that, Nick. It's too late. For I, I, I guess I just thought it was about, uh, how when you age you start to distrust everybody and maybe saying it was a, a sketch about old people is simplifying it but <laughs> I, I think they I, a lot of this new season is about being is about growing old i agree with everything you said that yeah some of their things feel like short films i thought this one had the funniest single joke and that's why i liked it which was that like you thinking something was wrong yeah you yeah. know uh like makes me understand why I thought something was wrong and proves that right. I was right yeah. to be paranoid. <laughs> so I think that's why I liked it um, better than some of the others that felt more like this would be a really good, excellent improv scene. If I were watching a team <laughs> do this, I would be blown away. But for a sketch, <laughs> okay. Little well, if I was coaching a team that was in like 201 or 301 or whatever, <laughs> and they did this, I'd be pretty impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into sketch of the episodes we're here. Jared, do you want to sing your, your song? Oh, yeah, sure thing. <clears throat> sketch of the app. It's the sketch of the app. Come on down. It's the sketch of the app. Jonna, this is the much talked about segment where we deliver our sketch of the app. We'll start with you. What's your favorite sketch of the app? Start with you. Oh, you, our guest. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell well, who you were yeah, addressing. It was you. You have these names, I think. <laughs> I said, the, I said, Jonna. I said, Jonna, okay, this is that. our, and okay, now okay, okay. you. Okay. <laughs> um, well, definitely not that last one. That was a stinker, um, mm, Sketch of the app. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was clear. I thought there would be no debate. I thought it was the last one. Yeah, it's gonna be the last one. Okay, okay. You were just acting. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was good acting. That was like <laughs> I fell for it. Level. I was fooled. way better than uh, Kevin yeah. McDonald. Well, I'll go next. <laughs> I liked Antique a lot. I know it wasn't as popular as some of the other sketches today, but uh, I liked the whole thing. I thought it was. I, I enjoyed how self-referential it was. Um, I thought maybe it could have gone a little bit further, but uh, I loved it. Uh, Jared, May, what do you guys think? Very good. I don't, you know, it, this is a tough one for me. I mean, I, I wasn't really in love with anything. Um, I did like the um, sketch where Foley and McDonald play each other. I, I kind of know. I, I liked elements of that. I liked elements of, of the hotel sketch. And I liked elements of the super drunk. And I know I'm completely defeating the purpose of this segment that I have a big song for. I should probably just <laughs> pick a sketch. Um, so I'm going to go with, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the hotel sketch. I think just, I, I, if you're judging from beginning to end, I don't know. I was just digging the vibe more and having just more total laughs, I think in that sketch than any other sketch. 
a May. Mm. I also am going to go at the hotel. I just think it was like a lot of more funny performances. I also, you know, I'm kind of just turned off by their like angry guy characters. A lot of Mark McKinney's characters don't, you know, in that vein are not my fave. So, and I, it was just nice to see the girls back because I think that Tony, what is he doing? Where is he? What is he thinking about? Sketch is like very memorably hilarious. So if they're constantly going to be referring to old characters and old situations we're familiar with, I'm glad this one came back. So definitely my sketch of the up. And this one was a Mark McKinney sketch. He wrote this one. Uh, All right. He said he found himself in a moment of COVID sloth, being too tired to get up and get his iPad. So he started muttering to himself in that language and Scott liked the idea. So we did it. But isn't that the one where Scott wrote the original one because he actually was breaking up with somebody named Tony? Um, oh, yeah, I think like... so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I remember okay. correctly. Well, and, sorry, you said he was in a COVID? Uh... He said COVID sloth, yeah. That was how sloth. he described it. Okay. It Just sort of long makes COVID. me feel bad for feeling that way without having COVID. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would I normally never be so lazy as to... <laughs> be like this but i'm sick right. <laughs> i'm like i just have nice depression baby <laughs> i i support you i feel that way without covid yeah. i just I, I don't want to move and i'm healthy <laughs> yeah actually had covid so i just like wrote this yeah. <laughs> um well john we like to ask our guests and watching you know, I mean, this is a new episode, so it's sort of different. We usually ask people watching an old episode if it brought up new thoughts or feelings about comedy. I don't know if that still applies in this scenario, but did it? Did it make or you maybe, different? yeah, it's just the whole season. You said you've watched some of this season yeah. too, so. Yeah. Um, I New thoughts or feelings about comedy. That's interesting because so much of this, what is great, I think, about the kids in the hall is like how classic uh their style is and how they're really doing their own thing you know it's not like watching i think you should leave where you go where i walk away thinking like every sketch should be edited on a downbeat that's the only way to do it from now on <laughs> but i think one thing was uh the commitment to the super drunk runner and bringing it back and tying it in with other stuff i thought the commitment to it made it funnier and i think there is a maturity to some comedy where it's like maybe a, a younger comedian would have failed on this and it would have only ever been okay, but sort of sticking to it and being like, we're going to, you, you're going to keep seeing this and you're going to like it, I think is a, a sign of like a kind of mature confidence. Did you like, that's what I always loved about Monty Python. I know Nick will give me shit for bringing up Monty Python on this podcast, which I've done a million times, but just the, total overcommitment to something whether it's like so stupid or whether it's working or not just like there's so much <laughs> confidence in their premises sometimes where it's like it's on the verge of turning you off like it's not that funny guys but like <laughs> it ultimately you know sells you on it because they're just so into it and they don't quit on it and you're like all right yeah i mean yeah i guess it's working <laughs> they convince you with their commitment i feel like sometimes john did you feel like this the the new series felt like of a piece with the with the old kids and all episodes that you've seen yeah i would say so i'd say that to me that is like the 
they have not changed their style. They're firmly committed to being <laughs> who they are and doing the comedy that they want to do, <laughs> not to be influenced by <laughs> cultural trends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the only thing that like feels different to me is the lack of studio audience. But yeah, otherwise it feels pretty, and right. that they're older. But otherwise it feels pretty pretty similar to the old show. Well, that's about it. May has to go. Do you have a do you have a date, May? What's going on? No, I, <laughs> I'm meeting some friends for a drink. Um, but possibly and... more. Sounds like a date to me. Yeah. I've deleted all my dating apps. I'm taking a break from dating. I just feel like. My reaction to everybody messaging me, whether they're polite or not, is like absolute rage. So to me, that means I need to stop <laughs> dating for a little while. I'm like, someone's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, go to hell. <laughs> so I think I need to stop. Also, I just think dating apps in general are going out of style. Really? They're not working, really? you know? Yeah, it's interesting. What about Raya? What about what if you were a celebrity? Maybe it would if be. I was a celebrity, then yeah, definitely. Because celebrities seem to find um, love that lasts a long time for sure. Like look at Dane Cook today. Right. Look he, at Dane Cook. He's, a, he's a 50 year old man. He had to wait so long to meet this the love of his life. He had to wait till she grew up to be 18. Had to wait till she was born. She had to be 28 <laughs> years old before she could even be born. born. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a long time. No. So, you know, we got to keep the hope alive. Mm. Well, um, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm really glad I got to see you, John. I'm sorry I'm leaving, but you guys can keep talking about Kids in the Hall if you want. No, I think we're I'll done. Listen. The only thing okay. left to say <laughs> is keep crushing those heads. Hey.